Welcome to the Rain in Threes podcast with Alan Ray and Mike O'Connell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello and welcome to the sixth edition of Rain in Threes. I am your host, Mike O'Connell, here with the former John Wooden AP All-American, Alan Ray. Hey, Ray, how we doing tonight, man? What's good, OC? Chilling. Nick at night behind the scenes. Yes, sir. Uh, how was your weekend today? Um, hey, well, this weekend. It was great, man. I mean, it was a lot of fun getting to watch uh, Mark Armstrong, our guy, tear it up in uh, the FIBA U19 tournament. Uh, just started, just got past the group stage now, man. So they're 3-0. and That was great. Uh, Mark had some great performances. And he was the leading scorer. They, Team USA set a, a record for the most points they scored in a, in a, in a FIBA U19 game, which is pretty pretty awesome to for Mark to be a part of. And uh, and obviously, Cam Whitmore was drafted on Thursday night. So it's uh, sure definitely an action-packed weekend when it comes to, to Villanova hoops, believe it or not, in the middle of, uh, of the summer at this point. So lots yeah. to get to, eh, Ray? Um, some Dante DiVincenzo rumors flowing yeah. around, too. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Um, my son had a AAU tournament this weekend. Just was out there with him. They lost. They was like they finished like one and two. The right. guys, they just they they play good first half. Second half, they just they get too relaxed. So mm. I might have to step in. <laughs> you I don't should. Want, I don't <laughs> want to, but <laughs> because that's like. Another time commitment, man. As soon as I do that, I mean, but it's for the kids. Yeah, for the and kids. Then, yeah, then uh, got some some real estate work done. I've been on hold for like two weeks from the city. Um, just had, finally passed inspections from the arborists, and which they what they do is they handle like all the trees and stuff around there. So I'm all set with that. Should be getting back to action this week on that. Ready to talk some basketball. Yeah, man. Wow. It sounds like you got a lot on your plate, but you're doing a heck of a job of uh, making sure everything's handled, as you always do, my friend. So good stuff. And that's great to hear you're finally making some progress when it comes to the real estate game. Because, I mean, I don't know much about it, but I do know it requires a lot of patience. Oh, it sure does. (laughs) Sure does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, uh, But, hey. Uh, let's get down to it, A. Ray. We'll, we'll, you know, actually, I'll leave this up to you. Do you want to start with Cam or Mark? Hmm. Man, let's just start with Cam. You know, yeah, that's, that's like one of the biggest news. Yeah, yeah, the elephant in the room, right? For sure, big so, slide. You know, yeah. projected to be top five, top ten, slid all the way down to to number twenty. Mm-hmm. Definitely wasn't expecting that. Um, before coming into the draft night, the night before he had kind of he slid down to nine, and then waking up the next day, I saw him at eleven, at seven. I had saw him yep. at seven, but uh, so I was thinking he's definitely gonna be top ten, like no question, no questions about it. He's there all year, and then to see him go number twenty, it was. It kind of sucked, but I knew it felt it was real bad for him just seeing his face sitting in the green room at a number 20 pick. Most of all the other guys in the green room are gone. You're sitting around, empty chairs. Like, just think about that scenario and how that looked and how, how, would, how would you feel. 
But at the end of the day, you know, he got drafted, so it's it's time to to show and prove. There was some some questions about, you know, his interviews, um, his workouts, and I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think workouts and interviews will have you slide all the way to twenty. You know, right. there was also some medical concerns that came out too. I don't want to speculate. I don't know exactly what it was, but um, I believe that it, 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 it was the medical reasons that he dropped. I can't, I can't see interviews and like bad workouts having you slide all the way to, to 20 when you was top five all year. How yeah, you feel, no. Mike? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, I, I think there's, there's a lot of different things that we've heard over the course of the last few days, especially on draft night. We, we just saw him continue to slide and slide and slide. We saw the magic even pass up on him twice, mm-hmm. which was hard to believe. And I feel like that, once that happened, because the magic had, um, they had two lottery picks. So they had, their last one was, was number 11. And I think that scared everybody else that, were, that was behind them, saying like, yeah. wow, Orlando must know something. Well, I'm yeah. staying away from this kid. Grady Dick went. Jordan Hawkins went. I did not expect those two to go in front of Cam just based on pure potential and ceiling that mm-hmm. that, that Whitmore has. I mean, he's, he's an athletic stud, which is another reason why you, you're confused why his workouts weren't, like, unbelievable in yeah. a lot of ways. Like, I thought he I mean, I don't know what they were looking for. I don't know what exactly they was looking for. Right. And, and Woj, Adrian Wojciechowski from ESPN, NBA Insider, was saying – over and over again, basically, throughout the coverage of the draft and then even afterwards saying a lot of the NBA GMs were saying that his not only his workouts, but especially his interviews were, were comatose, Yeah, basically. So he was very, you know, uh, lacking enthusiasm, lacking energy, interest. And the thing is, y- you can't be too hard on, on a guy because – Cam is Cam, right? That's just yeah. kind of who he is as a person. And, no, you know, no knock on him. Uh, there, there's plenty of great teammates, great players, even great leaders that maybe aren't as fiery and as intense 100% of the time. There's guys that are a little bit more laid back, a little bit more casual with things. Take a, like, a guy like a Kawhi Leonard. You know what I mean? Like some of these guys who are very stoic. Oh, oh, very, oh. <laughs> I, I knew you're gonna you're gonna do the impersonation to laugh at some point when I made that comp, but not bad, not bad. We'll take it. But but what I'm what I'm saying is though, like I, I just think it was a little rough to to call him comatose. Like that's that's, yeah. like, that's an insult. It is, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I've seen Cam on the sideline deal with coaches and everything. Is he is he like? You're, you know, you're, he's popping up, jumping up and down, getting, like, you know, clapping everything, getting everybody excited. No, but he's all, also, I wouldn't go as far to say that he was like, uh, you know, a bad teammate or negative to the point where it would affect his, his draft stock and, you know, general managers, front offices ability to trust him. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think he kind of got the short end of the stick here. Um, another few things that we discussed a Ray and that I think was just, swirling around Twitter, social media, NBA draft coverage about why Cam slid from possibly being a, a top five pick, going to Detroit at five, and then sliding, sliding down all the way down to 20 with Houston. 
is that hey, uh, we, a lot of a lot of guys were saying the difference between a Jay Wright scouting report from his guys that played in the past, uh, you know, de- couple decades at Villanova, it was a difference from what they got in terms of scouting report from Coach Neptune and his staff versus what they got from Coach Wright. Talking about guys like Sadiq Bay, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and then earlier, obviously, with Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, Amari Spellman, Eric Paschal. You name it, and it's just, it, it was different. And I, I guess that that makes sense in a way because Coach Neptune is, is we talk about this all the time, right? He's still very new to this, right? Being a head coach, he had one year at Fordham, one year at Villanova, and how many, that was his first NBA guy that he ever drafted that was that uh, was under his regime you can yeah. say and maybe he didn't do the best job or the right say the right things to to get cam to where he needed to be in the eyes of the the gms and front offices of the nba uh teams that were drafting in in the lottery so could you give some some credence to that possibly but I, I just I like what you what you said earlier, A Ray. I just don't know if that warrants a fifteen spot slide. Yeah, you know the way that it happened. I just thought it was like okay. Once it got past nine, it was like all right. Somebody's just going to be like all right. This kid is clearly the best available, and and freaking Jay Billis had him as the best available player since the third for like pick. a half an hour. Literally, you're just sitting there. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that made it worse in a way because you just saw his name, Cam Whitmore, Villanova. For no, everything. Yeah, they just, they kept they kept showing the camera on him and everything. Oh. And then Jay, like you said, Jay Billis, first best available, Cam Whitmore. It was up there for like a half an hour. No, it was it was brutal. It was it was just agonizing to watch. And but at yeah. the end of the day, he he got drafted. He's gonna have, I think, a, a very successful career in the NBA. He has all the tools. Uh, is he is he a little more laid back, chill, reserved type of guy? Yes, but is that going to hurt him moving forward in the league? No, I don't think it's going to. Yeah. To be perfectly frank with you, and hey, I, I honestly think all these teams passing on him, he's he's taking notes, right? He's taking names, making he sure should that, be. that he should that be. He knows who exactly it was that passed on him, not once, not twice, um, you know, several times that over the course of of the first nineteen picks. And it's it's like I think it's just adding fuel to the fire. I think he's a, he's a real competitor. You saw him, his I guess his evolution from yeah. when he got back from his injury, mm-hmm. right to the last I guess you could say six or seven games of the season. Really, when when JMO got back, like that's when everyone everything kind of started to kick into gear. But for Cam especially, he was a major contributor. He had some incredible incredible highlight reel type of plays that you could put on. <laughs> it would be impressive at any level, let yeah. alone legit Big East play at that point. So, Cam, we're not worried about you. It just it was definitely unfortunate to watch what happened. It was like you really felt for the guy. You know, he's lost out on some money. You could say all these different things. But, I mean, I don't know, A-Ray. It's, it's, I think it was an unfortunate situation in the end now. is You know, it's all... All A-OK. He's with Houston. He's going to play really well there. And I think he's a bright future ahead. Yeah, like you said, he just got to use this as motivation for sure. That's what I would do. And 
this scouting report that you know that this they're talking about coming from Villanova. I think it's more just of you know like coaches teams like they reach out to college coaches and they want to find out about a certain player and the coaches are not going to sit there and lie you know they're going to tell these guys exactly what type of person what type of player they're getting because it's an investment and you know Villanova doesn't want to lose any credibility by you know lying about their players or whatever but I don't know what was said but back to your point whatever was said if it was something said that they saying is different from any other player that they might have found negative about Cam just use it as motivation you know going going forward just move it use it as motivation with the Houston Rockets got opportunity they are rebuilding mm-hmm. so you know there's going to be opportunity there you like got a lot of young guys there so it's not like you're going to be fighting with vet with veterans over there so if he could go in there with a clear mind put all this stuff behind him be healthy you know he's got a shot to be in there for a long time absolutely right well said my friend and it's funny because i was watching the the draft with my dad on thursday night and who had the 21st pick a ray remember it was it was brooklyn yeah, the next right behind Houston, and I was like, "All right, if he falls <laughs> one more, he'll be playing with Mikel. That ain't so bad." So that's true, but didn't happen. Would have been cool, but uh, it, it is definitely a, a really prime opportunity for Cam because yeah. Houston is, I would say, really looking for for a couple guys to build around, and Cam is certainly in position to prove himself to be that piece yep. uh, for the franchise moving forward. So. Excited for him. That's the bottom line. Um, but of course, A Ray, we talked about this all the time leading up to the draft about how a lot of the, how do you say, I guess, older Villanova fans were still were talking about how he should have stayed another year. He, mm-hmm. he, he needed to polish his game more, get some more experience because he didn't play the full season. And now, obviously, hindsight is 2020. But do you think? He could have stayed, he should have stayed, whatever you want to say, yeah. uh, if he knew he was going at 20 versus being a lottery pick. Mm. Yeah, now if you know, I don't know, even even 20 still kind of gets you thinking like, mm. I might, I should just go. You know, 20, 20 is not a bad spot. Even if, you know what, I, I would say first round, if you guarantee a first round pick, go. Like, guarantee first-round pick, you might as well go. And you mentioned about people saying he should have stayed. For sure, I agree he should have stayed another year. He definitely could have honed his skills, got more uh, experience, and blah, 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 all this other stuff. But you got to look at it. He was projected to be a top-ten pick all year. Like, mm-hmm. you, you just can't pass that up. Like, you can't say no to that. I don't know if yeah, I don't know if you saw the Felipe Lopez thirty for thirty. I did not know. All right. So, long story short, out of high school and in high school, Felipe Lopez was like he was like on LeBron status. He was that dude. He's from New York, and um, he had the chance to go to the league out of high school, and I mean make like multi million dollars right off the bat. Right. And, yep. You know, 
him, yeah, his family didn't want him to go, and he right. ended up going to St. John's. Mm. Didn't really have a great career. St. John's still ended up getting drafted and and played in the league for maybe three or four years, but then ended up getting hurt and his career yeah, was hurt. over. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. So I mean, he made the league, took the long route, but if he would have just went right out of high school with all that buzz, I mean, he would have been multi. He would have made way more money. Mm-hmm. And who knows, he could have had a longer career, you know, yeah. me. I don't know if y'all know, college will take some years off your career. Especially, probably, yeah, especially. Probably happened at St. John's. Like, <laughs> just all that damn practice and running and all that stuff. But you never know. But that's that's why guys, even if you think they're not ready, that's why they leave. And that's, uh, there was no NIL money back then either, A-Ray. So he nope. wasn't making anything at the at St. John's, but uh, that's different now. NILs in in the picture now, so guys who's not going to be able to go to the league can stay here and get paid mm-hmm. in college. So, well, yeah, that almost dilutes the second round of the NBA draft a little bit because a lot of the guys that maybe could have gone second round and were like, "Hey, I'm not going in the first round," mm-hmm. kind of like what you brought up earlier. Like, hey, why not play another year of college, earn some money? earn some decent money, like legitimate six-figure type of money and and play with uh, my guys kind of thing, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's an interesting, I guess, dilemma now that we have uh, NIL, things like that involved, Transfer Portal, completely for just sure. changes the mindset of these these young kids now. Yeah, for sure. And then you're seeing guys like Sonogo and um, Toshiba yeah, not, yeah. not, not getting drafted. Yep. It's like, hmm. Let me stay in school a little bit more, a little bit longer. That was crazy exactly. not not to see them get drafted. As good as they were, especially um, Sonogo, we've seen how good Sonogo was this oh, year. Man. And for him not to get drafted, it just shows you NBA is a business. Ain't nothing guaranteed. Like, stop getting mad at these kids for trying to get their money now. I mean, he was the most outstanding player in the Final Four, A-Ray. Exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> so, yes, but... I did want to bring this up to you because that was the buzz on Twitter a little bit uh, after Cam, unfortunately, did slide from five, possibly five, possibly top ten, all the way down to 20, saying, okay, imagine this. Say Whitmore stays for another year, tries to get guaranteed top five pick vibes if he, you know, crushes it, dominates the Big East, and, you know, wins, wins some more hardware. Say Cam stays, right? Villanova lands. Hunter Dickinson, along with TJ Bamba. So we don't get Hakeem Hart. We don't get Tyler Burton. We don't get Lance Ware. But we bring back everybody, aside from Daniels and Slater, and we add Bamba and Hunter Dickinson. Are you taking that team, or are you more comfortable with the current situation with this team adding Tyler Burton, Hakeem Hart, and Lance Ware along with T.J. Bamba after Whitmore gets drafted? I'm taking Hunter Dickinson, Cam Whitmore, <laughs> Justin Moore, Mark Armstrong, Jordan Longino, okay. Eric Dixon. I'm taking those guys for sure. I like that squad. I'm thinking Final Four, but okay. we can't get in foul trouble. <laughs> can't get in foul trouble. If we could play the games without getting foul trouble, we good with that squad. 
but yeah, I definitely, if if our cam would have stayed and then we landed Hunter Dickinson, like that's with Justin Moore and Eric, nah, that's final four. Okay. Bamba, that's, that's final four. For sure. <laughs> hey, all right. I, I, sure. I respect. I respect that. I respect it because it is certainly. You could certainly say Dickinson and Whitmore. You know, two of the you could say most talented players in the entire country. Dickinson was obviously number one transfer. Whitmore was touted as a as a lottery pick. It yeah. didn't work out that way, but he certainly has the talent and uh, you know the, the the capability, the potential. To, to be that type of player in the league. So I'm I'm honestly a little bit surprised that you were immediately saying I want that team. Uh because I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Not 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 only because I wanted to, to debate you a little bit, but because I actually really do believe this. And I think this might be a little bit of my I guess you'd say Villanova J attitude. Uh, just being there for the championship in 18 after I got into the school in 16, I saw them win it. Like, I just think you know, this, this Jay Wright watching, even watching you guys play when I was a kid with you, Kyle. How old was you when and, we played? Uh, so I was born in, in 97. So when you guys oh were playing, I, <laughs> I remember my first memory of the team was the the was unfortunately the phantom travel call against Carolina. That was my first because I, I remember my dad being so upset. So yeah. it was almost like a, a traumatic moment of my childhood. Um but that got me into so into it for the next season, right? Yeah. And well, I was born in eighty four. Oh right before do you remember the eighty five team? <laughs> no. Obviously. Yeah when I got to Villanova for sure because that's that was yeah. that was the only team who who who's done it. Who did it before mm-hmm. I got there? So it was 1985. Everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but no, I just think I'm a little bit, I guess, brainwashed in the like. I'm just had this ingrainment in my in my mind of the the Villanova way. Mm-hmm. I guess like a, a similar vibe to like the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, those guys with the Patriot way. And I feel like it was just a similar mindset in my eyes that were like, oh, this guy doesn't fit the mold of what we're trying to do here. He's not a, a Villanova guy. He's not a, a Patriot guy. We don't need him. We don't want, we don't care how great he is on the court. We, we care more about how he is off the court, how he is as a teammate, how he is as a, a son, a, a, a brother, mm-hmm. a, a nephew, uh, you know, a, a, a student. That kind of thing. Is he a family-oriented type of person that really cares about other people? Is he selfless? And does he care about the team more than himself, right? So that that is just coming to mind when I think of who I want Villanova to get, whether it be recruiting, whether it be in the transfer portal, and whether it be just developing guys that they get into, you know, turning boys into men. Right over the course of whether it be just one year, two years, three years, four years, or four years plus, like we've yeah. seen um, with with guys like Colin or Jermaine that had that Kobe year of eligibility, you know, so on and so forth. But I, I just think a Ray that hearing all these great things about how Tyler Burton, Akeem Hart, Lance Ware, T.J. Bamba, 
all these kids are so in such incredible people, teammates, leaders of men, and are just feel really fit fit that Villanova mold. I mean, I'm hearing this from 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 Coach Wright. Mm-hmm. He's been telling people this. He's like, "Now we love these guys. These are these are our type of guys. This is exactly who we want. Exactly who we need for success in." Unfortunately, the short term because they're they're here for one year. That's it, right? Hey, right? Yeah. I think I think maybe maybe Bamba has one more year of eligibility or heart, but they they want to go go pro after this, right? So yeah. that's that's the deal. But Alan, man, I really think that's the difference between Villanova having real success throughout the season, developing together, grow, growing that chemistry, and really winning as a team rather than winning just on pure talent. And I yeah. think you're absolutely right. The ceiling of the Dickinson, Whitmore, Bamba, along with Dick Dixon, Moore, Armstrong, Longino, Housen, those guys with that uh, hypothetical team, the, the potential and the ceiling of just based on pure raw talent is, is higher. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, say, at the end of the season, they're in a, in a battle – say in the sweet 16, something like that. And it's like comes down and they're really going through some adversity. They're down uh, in the late minutes, Dickinson and, and, and Whitmore. It's just a lot of different, I guess, clashing personalities maybe that I think guys like Burton, Hakeem Hart, Lance Ware, that mindset of a team, I think would thrive in those types of situations. Whereas, Dickinson, Whitmore, that team maybe wouldn't at nearly as much as uh, as the team we have going into next season currently. Um, I respect it. Okay. I, I definitely do. You know, I, I gave, you know, I just feel like that's just, that's like a super team. That's like a college. I hear you. Super team. So you get, you kind of get excited about hearing things like that. I mean. So I, I definitely would feel that team would definitely go to the final four. But I like our team we got now for sure. We definitely oh, I know was, you do. I yeah, know we do. definitely, we definitely did good this year in the offseason. So I'm happy about our team. But let's let's be real. We gonna it's gonna be a lot of uneasiness that first game. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's gonna be so much uneasiness. Like everybody's gonna be happy, but like it's gonna be kind of like a nervous energy there too it's as well. Pit in your stomach, right? Yeah, because especially if the game is close. I mean, it's know, against it, American man, so we're yeah, gonna be favored, but if we exactly come out. Like, like let let the first five minutes be kind of close. It's gonna be <laughs> un. <laughs> yeah, they start hitting threes on us and we can't yeah. hit anything. It's like oh. forget about it. Twitter gonna be on fire. But uh yeah, I just can't wait for that first game. Get that first game out the way. Like we gotta get that first game of the season out the way. And then I think everybody will kind of be a little bit more at ease. You yeah. know, it's still it's still tension now because everybody wants to we did so good in the off season right now. It's like now we gotta wait. Everybody mm-hmm. really wants to me. I personally wish that we could just jump into the season like next <laughs> month, but we got a long wait. We do. So this is actually uh, something I, I was thinking about uh, earlier. A Ray is I don't know if you guys did this way back uh, in 06, but 
recently, I guess, from the, I would say, 2016, maybe even before that, I think even in the 2010s up until like COVID, mm-hmm. Villanova always had like a closed doors scrimmage against mm-hmm. another legitimate program. I mean, am I, am I crazy when I say that? That, no, that no, was no. an annual thing? Yeah, we used to do that too. We used to, yeah. uh, we used to like have closed door scrimmages against certain teams. I remember we used to play George Washington a lot. Okay. We scrimmaged them a lot. We would go down there and scrimmage them in uh, DC. They was a real tough team. I think that's why I coach yeah. like like scrimmaging them a lot. Um, yeah, but that's definitely a thing. Okay. Closed scrimmages is definitely a thing. Um, I've been hearing, or oh, well, it's been said that they've had close scrimmages with like duke yeah i'm I'm not sure if it would if um they had like north carolina and stuff like that but stuff like that is good especially uh in a closed environment where it's just the coach and players and Mm -hmm. you can really like stop the game and teach and stuff like that yeah Yeah. no Ray, like you said like duke i heard duke i've heard carolina before i've heard louisville i've heard Mm -hmm. virginia like these are like legit programs that yeah. are being brought either to Villanova's campus or we're going out there, down there, wherever it may be, to visit them and play with, like, yeah, literally closed doors, nobody in yeah. or out, uh, like, limited access. And it's um, great. It's great because it, it, it feels like a game. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you get tired of practicing against your teammates all the time. Like, Kyle, stop following me all damn all week. You want to <laughs> you want to play against somebody else? Yeah, yeah. So obviously. those those are those are those are really good. So you did you do that every single year, every single off season leading yeah, up we, to camp? We did, but I I can't. I I remember George Washington specifically mm-hmm. as a team that we played a lot in the off season, not in the off season, the preseason, like closed doors. I can't remember the other teams. Okay, but. Is definitely a thing. So that is that more just like uh, kind of reserved for the better programs in college basketball, or is basically every every program and their mother doing it? Um, I don't know, but I know the reason we did it was because it was just a way for us to work on our stuff against somebody else. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, so I don't know if there's any science behind it other than that, yeah, other okay. than. Let's scrimmage against these guys. Let's work on our stuff we've been working on all week, and yeah. let's let's run it against them. Yeah, let's see where we're at, kind of thing, right? It's a, yeah. a, lit, a litmus test to to really let you know where you guys are at because it's hard to to really see that much of a development just when you're going against each other, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh that's funny, man, because I remember just hearing that. I'm like, I I mean, I I believe this. I want to believe it. And it was basically every year. It was like, I remember, yeah, like you said, Duke, Virginia, Carolina, Louisville, like legitimate other programs. Um, that I guess maybe Coach Wright had a relationship with uh, their head coach and, you know, something like that to, to kind of set set things up, uh, you know, things of that nature. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. I don't know if COVID might have changed anything like that uh, since the, the 2020 season, you know, maybe. It, it was a little bit harder to do, so I don't know if they've had it the last few years. Yeah. I can't remember last off season if there was any rumors or anything of one. Honestly, I don't. I can't think of it. Don't they do um, that in football? Don't they have like they'll have like a, a a practice one day and they'll and 
it would be two different teams practicing against each other, and they always yes. be fighting all the damn time. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's that's correct. They yeah. they they have like an inter squad practice. Yeah, and it results in fisticuffs just about every time. <laughs> And it's it's honestly it's hilarious. It creates some some great content. It is. It is. But, <laughs> especially if it's like rivals, division rivals, or teams that just have bad blood, like you know former teammates, that kind of thing. Uh huh. Um, like, dude, it's a scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are you so upset? Exactly. Um. So we're we're enough going to keep our uh, our finger on the pulse there. Keep our eyes and ears uh, on the pulse in terms of what's going on. Hopefully they they can scrimmage. The team can scrimmage someone that's uh, that's got some legit pedigree heading into the season, and we can kind of get a feel for where we're at and see how uh, how the new guys look as well, right? Yeah, for sure. Make so that that'll call. be fun. Yeah, Baker, man. Baker, <laughs> Kentucky, get Kentucky yeah. on the line. Yeah, why not? Get, get, get Kansas on the line. Get Kansas, get Dickinson uh, over here. I want to see how he how he is. Yeah, let's um, let's go, Bakes. Get those get those teams on the line so we can scrimmage them early. Um, and I, before the show, you actually were talking a little bit about the possibility of, uh, of Whitmore staying. And if, if Bamba and Hart, Burton, guys like that, that we actually got would have even have been interested in coming to play for Villanova because there was such a log jam of, you know, of, of talent and it'd be hard to get some minutes there. So you mentioned that you were looking at Memphis and NC State. Yeah. Uh, and you decided against it, which is one of the reasons why you actually chose Villanova. Yeah, because I just seen a lot of opportunity there. Um, I wanted to be on a team that I can, like, be responsible for leading and bringing them back to the good old days. And like like I said earlier, um, when we was talking, I had Julius Hodge on my team. I played with him in high school. He was one of the top players in the country. He was getting. He went to NC State. I was getting recruited by NC State too, and I just didn't want to go there. Didn't want to play behind him. Same thing with Memphis. Um, D. Wagner was there. Everybody know Dewan was probably the mm-hmm. best player in, in high school basketball, and I just didn't want to go play behind him and be in his shadows. I wanted wanted to have my own thing, and I feel like with it, let's say Cam would have stayed. You know, that definitely could have altered the decisions with these other guys wanting to come in because they see it. Cam's a, well, he was predicted to be a top 10 pick. So they see that and they know, you know, it might not be a lot of playing time. So they they might have passed, but everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out. Yeah, absolutely right. So wait, so that was Coach Cal at Memphis recruiting you, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Coach Cal. Coach Cal's cool as hell. He got a nice staff over there. I know all them guys. Coach O, um, Bruza over there. Yeah, those those the old the old heads. <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> um, that's great. So Memphis and NC State, that's that's so cool. I I, uh, I feel like honestly, I, I feel like I never even would have would have asked you. So I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. that that's some sort of some great stories, man. Wow. Yeah, like Wake, Wake Forest, they was recruiting me. Um, they was waiting around, waiting to see what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. They wound up getting Chris Paul. Yep. Um, Florida. I had Florida. They was waiting around, and they wound up taking Anthony Robeson. Uh, who else did I have? 
Well, you had you. So it was you, Randy, uh-huh. Curtis Sumter, and Jason Frazier, Jason right? Frazier. All, all four of you guys. I mean, that had to been yeah. one of the best classes in Villanova history, let alone in, in the country at that point, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it's funny how I say that I went to, I didn't want to go to those other schools because I didn't want to play behind exactly. anybody <laughs> and I wanted to like have all the shine. Yeah, that's right? what I was saying. So as soon as I signed to Villanova, Right. I, I announced yeah. my commitment. I was at ABCD camp, by the way. I had a game. And right after the game, I went upstairs and like cameras and all that was there. And, and I oh, announced awesome. that I was going to Villanova. That was pretty cool. And then I remember immediately, like, I don't know, within like the next two days, Coach Wright just being the, the guy that he is, he's already on the phone with me. He's already like, yeah, we got to get Randy. We got to get, we got to get Jason. We got to get Curtis. <laughs> so and you were like, the first guy to commit. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. They ain't really got no guards here. They got Snowden. <laughs> Buchanan's a senior. Right. Like, yeah. I'm ready to play. And he's like, yeah, we got to get Randy. We got to get <laughs> Curtis. We got to get Jason. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, man, this is not part of the plan. This is not, <laughs> this is not what I, what I envisioned here. <laughs> but it's supposed to know, be my team. Yeah, but then talking to Coach Wright, you know, he kind of just like shifted my whole mind, my whole mindset. And I'm like, I'm on the phone with Jason. I'm on the phone with Curtis. We talking. I'm trying to get these guys to come here because I just (laughs) understood the bigger picture and, you know, what we could have built there. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to build something. And selfishly, I had wanted to do it like by myself. But everything, you see how it worked out here with Nova, with mm-hmm. all of us here. So I think it was good. We uh, we still friends to this day. Like, it's just more than teammates with us. We brothers. We, like, we built a special bond in recruiting that we still have to, the, to this day. So even before we got on campus, it was like we, we, we were like brothers already. Oh, man, that's great. That, that fires me up, honestly, to hear, hear that stuff, A-Ray, because you guys certainly built uh, a lot. You guys were the OGs for the, the Jay Wright era, the culture that you guys really set up for everybody else. And I just remember the the 9 team. I remember Dante Cunningham was at the podium before they, they hopped on a plane to, to, to get ready for the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. And he was like, you know, we play for – Every all the Wildcats that came before us, you know, this is about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. Yeah, and you know, it was him, Dwayne Anderson, were saying things like that. I just remember that that stuck with me as a kid, right? It was something that I was always like, man, that that is what a true teammate, a true team, and a, a real brotherhood looks like. So it's uh, it's really amazing to hear uh, that that it was just obviously the same same thing for you guys because you started. And uh, it's uh, it's always an honor to, to to be sitting here with you, my friend. Because if you told little uh, little OC what what he'd be doing when he was twenty five, man, he'd be uh, one pumped up kid. So uh, that's that's uh, fires me up, A Ray. So Appreciate great stuff that. there, yeah, man. Um, but uh, another thing that fires me up has been Mark Armstrong. He's been he's been doing a heck of a job for for Team USA. Uh, USA, they defeated Madagascar, believe it or not, A-Ray. <laughs> you were shocked that they even had a team. I know. Um, they won 136 to 69. 
And Armstrong was the second leading scorer. He had 19 points, five steals in 16 minutes. The U.S. they set the, the record for most points scored by a Team USA U19 team. The next game was a little bit tougher, eh, Ray? They, they only beat Slovenia by five. Armstrong had a bit of a quiet uh, afternoon with five points and an assist, but they got the win. And then yesterday, or should I say this morning, actually, they beat Lebanon 122-70, to 70, and Armstrong was actually the leading scorer with 17 points. So uh, really some, some exciting stuff from, from Mark, and we play China now on Wednesday the 28th, which is uh, tomorrow. I'm sure when you guys are hearing this, uh, when it drops, it will not be. But really, it's been really fun to watch, and he, he's putting on a show, my friend. So what are your thoughts on on Mark? So I'm not surprised by Slovenia giving them the best run for their money. Yeah, those, right. those Eastern European teams are really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking about fundamentally sound. I played in Slovenia. I played... I played, I was on the air for like two weeks. These guys gave me a con, they didn't even give me a contract. They like brought me over there because they kind of wanted to see like how I would do. And I played like three games and was averaging like 20 something. Nice. So I was like, damn, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, they didn't give me no contract. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, I played in Slovenia. Slovenia, um, they got some some good players out there. But, I mean, with Mark, man, like, we all know how good Mark is. Like, it's just, like I said before, man, he just he just in a situation right now. I just feel, feel for him because he can, I, I believe he can start. He can be a starter on another team for sure. Easy. It's just, we just loaded right now. Like, you seen that dunk he did? Yeah, the reverse, the yeah. reverse dunk after the euro step. That was crazy. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, like that's ridiculous <laughs> for 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 a guard, for a point right. guard. That's mm-hmm. that's that's Russell Westbrook when he first came in the league. That's um, Derrick Rose. I don't know if he up there with Derrick Rose, but he's he's got that type of athleticism. Mark's athleticism is off the charts, and I love what he's doing. Um, even though we got a whole bunch of players. It seems like he's still in good spirits. It's not bothering him. He's playing good with Team USA. And he's in good company over there with Team USA. So let me tell you one thing. A lot of people, when you play with Team USA, about 80% of that roster, 90% of that roster is going to the NBA. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's just is what it is. So he's in good company over there with Team USA. So if he just keep working and stay, stay level-headed and stay focused on – on his goals and being a Villanova basketball player and trying to get to that Final Four national championship, I, I could see Mark. I could see Mark possibly getting himself into the league, playing his way into the league, and and having a stellar career at Villanova for sure. Yeah, he he. he I think this is a start of his opportunity to really cement his legacy. Right? He's yeah. He's saying okay. Uh, the coaching staff, everybody just went out and got these four guys to come help us win. And that's great. That's good. That's good and fine. But I- I'm here, too. And I'm going to make yeah. sure that everybody knows how important I'm going to be for this team's success as well. Because I was here first. He proved last year, uh, although he, he he didn't have a you know an outstanding freshman season. But he certainly 
lived up to to some of the hype in terms of what we saw from him in in flashes, right? Mm-hmm. So I think him taking it the next step has already started. He's already begun lurching forward to to really put everybody else on notice in terms of being like, okay, this kid is legit. He's not a, a bench warmer. He's not going to be just coming off the bench and, and filling empty minutes because he's a sophomore and he hasn't played enough and yada, yada. No, this is a, a legitimate kid who was deserving of uh, the five-star recruiting uh, uh, grade that he was given when he was coming out of high school. You know, it was it was like him and Cam coming together were like, okay, thank God they didn't leave after knowing, after knowing Coach Wright was retiring. Mm-hmm. Retaining them was a huge win. And Mark now, I think, just is going to take um, another massive step in his, in his development and has an opportunity to become the next great Villanova guard next season, eh, Ray? For sure. You consider him a Coach Wright recruit or a Neptune product? Well, I mean, he was uh, recruited by Coach uh, Coach Wright for sure, but I guess we'll kind of we'll have to see if he is continue if he's able to really develop his game. Then you got to give credit where credit is due to Coach Neptune as well. Yeah, but that that's that's crazy how that works. Like, Coach just retires and he brings in two recruits and just like retires. Like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. Crazy, you know, yeah. like here yeah. and like you said, for them to even just like consider staying was I didn't I didn't know if they was going to stay or not, honestly. Because when you come to a school, it's mostly because of the coach. And he wound up staying. I'm glad. I'm glad they both stayed. Mark is still here. Like you said, he's got real potential to be one of the Villanova great guards. Like, he's already one of the, He's probably the most athletic point guard. Unless you want to say Randy, because Randy played point guard sometimes too, but... I don't know. Mark might be one of the most athletic PGs. No doubt. In, in Villanova history. No doubt, man. It's exciting to to watch, but, you know, it was against Lebanon and it was against um, Madagascar. So those were his two best performances. And I'm, I, as, he, as he should have done, scored 17, 19 points, had a bunch of steals, and really was able, was able to take charge of the offense. Hey, right. Let me ask you. You remember any of the teams that they played last year? Uh, honestly, I think it was the in, in the group stage. It was the same same type of competition where I, I think they went three and zero, and then they got to the the round of sixteen, and that's when the higher competition started. So I want to see yeah. more. I want to see him score nineteen points and be the leading scorer for Team USA against a a team like China, against a an Eastern European team that. It really is fundamentally sound. Yeah, that's that's a what I'm France, talking. France, Italy. Yeah, these those those countries are good. France, mm-hmm. Italy. We'll see when playoff time come. But yep. he's doing what he's supposed to do right now. Like I don't exactly. care. I don't care if you play in Madagascar. Don't ever play down to the level of your opponents. That's Correct. just what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> that's right, man. And, so and, if, uh, you could, if you could Euro step dunk it, then Euro step dunk it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, backwards. Yeah, that was that was that was fun to watch, man. Backwards, I, I, though. I, I had that on a loop today. I was just watching that all day at work, man. It's great. Some people say it's a walk. I don't care if it was a walk or not. I didn't. That wasn't the first thing that jumped out of my mind. No, no, of course was, not. 
We know that's a sensitive uh, subject with you too, A-Ray. Yeah, I'm always looking for travels. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so a couple of things to to really just to, to wrap up for us because we we've had we've had some great conversations here alan but uh caleb williams right the kid from sidwell friends school in dc he recently committed to georgetown to join ed cooley we lost out on him we we really thought that there was a possibility of us getting him we were in his uh final seven and what do you know he goes to our rival georgetown we talked a little bit about how Ed Cooley was was kind of destined for success at Georgetown recruiting wise. He did a pretty good job up in Providence, and now he's he's in D.C. with full access to the D.M.V. and he's doing his thing now. After landing Thomas Sorber, now getting Caleb Williams. So tough loss for Nova, mm-hmm. but it's a sign of things to come for Georgetown. I remember we talked about this a few episodes ago, a Ray about uh, looking at what the Big East snapshot is going to look like in terms of uh, final standings. I had Georgetown toward the bottom, and you asked me, hey, you know, what is that? Is that because, you know, they haven't earned it yet? I'm like, yeah, that's right. They haven't earned it yet, but I I do realize they have a bright future with Ed Cooley, and I think this is a a prime example of that bright future. Yeah, Ed Ed Cooley is going to do his thing in the DMV, and yeah, I got a – they was coming – Providence fans was coming for me on Twitter. (laughs) When this whole situation was going down, because I was saying that people was like, I don't understand why he's going to Georgetown. Like, why is he going to Georgetown? He's leaving mm-hmm. Providence to go to Georgetown. Okay, you looking at the ex the the records, you looking at the wins and losses, but you look at what he's doing now is the real reason why Georgetown wanted him so bad and he wanted to go there so bad. Like the he he's got the DMV. If if he can turn Georgetown around, they can start winning. Like he's gonna have the DMV area on lock. Kids are gonna want to go there and play. Kids want to go there and play now. You see how many people he got in the porter. How many transfers, recruits coming over there. Like Georgetown's a, it's not a blue blood, but upper it's, echelon. It's is an upper echelon program. Everybody knows that name. The campus is beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been on the campus before. So it's going to attract a lot of players. And that's why Ed Cooley went there. I don't care about what your Providence fans were saying about his personal life and whatever was going on. It had nothing to do with what he's doing right now and why Georgetown wanted him and why he went to Georgetown. Yeah, no, uh, you hit the nail on the head, A-Ray. Uh, Georgetown is most definitely a step up from Providence in terms of just brand of basketball. Patrick Ewing being there for that uh, 84 team, even in 85, and they were supposed to demolish Villanova. And yeah. Villanova pulled one of the greatest upsets in not just college basketball history, but sports history. That's what it took to beat uh, Georgetown and Patrick Ewing was a perfect game. So that brand of basketball has been built. It was a, an original Big East team. Even with John Thompson the third, they've had they had some great teams. I uh, wish I could have saw those games. Yeah, no, man. I mean, I mean, you were obviously busy playing overseas, but just you think about guys like uh, Devontae Smith Rivera, Markel Starks, Roy Hibbert. They, they had some serious, serious talent there back in the, I guess you would say early 2010s. 
uh, late think, 2000s. I think we might have played against Roy Herbert his freshman year, my senior year. I, could, um, I, I think that might be uh, accurate because I think he did graduate. Jeff Green was on that team too. Yeah, right. He was he was another Georgetown guy. Yeah. I mean, they, Damn, they had old some serious. <laughs> Your nah. Roy Hibber had two left feet. Yeah, a little bit. And then man. all of a sudden, it just like changed up. And, yeah, and he became like unstoppable. Literally, two two left feet, like two left kneecaps. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know how he was switching on defense, none of that. And then all of a sudden, he he a monster. Yeah, out of nowhere. My goodness, man! Yeah, and he had a great, great career in the NBA as well. But just the the uh, the amazing thing for me is just the the fall from grace that Georgetown really did have. Yeah, and bringing Ewing in as the head coach, I thought was going to really change things up. They had a couple of uh, of nice moments there when they won the Big East tournament in twenty one and got to uh, the the big dance. That was pretty cool, but. That's not the the standard of, of what Georgetown was really yeah. used to. They were used to making Final Four runs, being in the top of the Big East in the regular season, and also being a force in the Big East tournament as well. So I think Ed Cooley is certainly bringing them back, or on the way, I should say, to bringing them back to the promised land and, and what they are really used to down in D.C. Yeah, Pat Ewan was too cool. He was just... He was just too too laid back, you know. Yeah. He just it, he wasn't what Georgetown needed. They tried, but it yeah. didn't work out. Like uh, Chris Mullen at St. John's too, man. I think it's a very similar situation. It's bringing back like former heroes of the program uh, to attract recruits. I think was a good idea on paper, and it, like I think it worked a little bit at the beginning, and yeah. the results obviously lacked, uh, you know, a couple years afterward. But. Hey, I think both those teams now are in great hands with Cooley and Patino, man. So that's that's going to be fun to watch them grow and just make the Big East uh, better than it even is right now. Yeah, um, Patino been on his grind too, mm. as as expected. Um, let's see if any violations come up in the <laughs> next in the next month or two before the season. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's definitely been been active as well. And uh, Cooley's been active as well. I think it's good. It's all good for the Big East. I want to see the Big East get, like, their recognition. I want to see the Big East get the love that they deserve. Thing is, though, A-Ray. Even though the draft ain't help us, but <laughs> the draft ain't help us this year, but we're still, we still a good conference. Uh, we're a great conference, man. And I, I Listen, I, I think the fact that, that the Big East plays on Fox – Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2. Yeah. And not ESPN, like the ACC and the SEC and the Big Ten and the Big 12. That is what kills us, A-Ray. That is what drives us away from the national spotlight. And only Fox (laughs) wants to talk about the Big East. That's, I think that's a a major contributing factor to to, to us being underrated and not getting the recognition that, that we deserve. And also football, too, which is another main reason. I ain't gonna lie. Before I got YouTube TV, all mm-hmm. the games being on Fox Sports and CBS and all that mm-hmm. stuff, it was a hassle sometimes. I hear you. I hear you, man. So I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think, I think it's that's accurate. 
We was on ESPN all the time. We played. Oh, you got. Oh, yeah. my, you see what I what we posted the other day on our on the Raiden Threes account, A Ray. It was that game against Louisville, first mm-hmm. Big East matchup you guys had, and ESPN was hyping you guys up, and it was, yeah, it was. awesome. It was awesome. I used to love. I used to love those days. After the game, go back in the dorm late at night, watch ESPN because that was time, that was still something kind of kind of new and fresh. So yeah. I used to watch ESPN all the time. All the time. Just to like look at all the because they used to they used to play all the games. If you was in the top 25, they were showing your highlights that mm-hmm. night. Oh yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so you guys spent know. a lot of time in the top 25. Yeah, yeah, we did. But I don't know. I don't know. Fox Sports, maybe that's the reason. Who knows? What uh what Big Ten play on? Big Ten Network. I know they got a Big Ten Network. Yeah, they have a Big Ten Network, but they're 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 on ESPN a lot. They you are. know, they on like the the Super Tuesday, the Big Monday. The you mm-hmm. know, they're they're always on. Like it'll be Purdue, Michigan State. You know, the, those games like the high, like you know, ranked teams playing ranked teams. Yeah, those games are on ESPN, ESPN two, whatever it may be. But they're they're tell they're nationally televised versus, you know, not everybody is watching. FS1. I feel like it just doesn't have the same recognition, not nearly the same recognition as as an ESPN family of network, you know? Yeah. What about preseason tournaments? We'll be on ESPN for Battle for Atlantis. Yeah, Battle for Atlantis will be on ESPN. And then the the Gavit games. So when we play Maryland uh, on that Friday night, November, I think that'll be on ESPN as well. And we'll we'll get a couple CBS games, which are always fun because that, you know, then we might get uh, Raftery, your boy Raff, uh, yeah. on the call as well. Um, but him, him and uh, Gus, they don't, they don't. We last year we didn't get enough of uh, Gus and uh, yeah, we didn't. Raff. We didn't. So hopefully that changes this year with us probably being a a legitimate top twenty team. So we'll see. We got we'll a lot see. of Jimmy Jones, Jim Jim Johnson. Yeah, Jim Jackson. Yeah, Jim yeah. Jackson. My bad. Yes, no, you're good. He, he he's actually very solid. I I, appreciate nah, I like him too. His game as well. I think he's uh, he's a lot of fun to listen to. But um, another thing that I've actually had some some fun listening to are these rumors about Dante Givincenzo joining Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart in New York. A Ray. I mean, could you imagine that that trio of former Wildcats tearing up the Garden on a nightly basis? Oh man, that gets me juiced up hearing that I, kind of thing. Man. I can't imagine that because. Leon Rose is the president. He worked for CAA agency. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Jalen's with CAA. And Dante is either Dante or Josh is with CAA. As well, so this, right? Yeah, so there's Ty. Obi Toppin is with CAA. So there's already ties in New York with CAA. So I like that already. And bringing DiVincenzo in is is a good thing because you think about it, I think he's more of a playmaker than Josh Hart is. Josh Hart is more of a wing guy that's going to, like, do dirty work for you. Um, Dante makes a little bit more plays. So I think that that could work out for them. Jalen Brunson, um, Dante DiVincenzo, and Emmanuel Quickly. And I think Quickly's more of a scorer, and I think he likes to score. And having DiVincenzo and Brunson can give Quickly that ability to, like, 
score more and, you know, kind of be himself. And you need three guards during the season because if somebody get hurt, you need somebody else. So I think that's a good fit. And if Knicks need shooting, um, DiVincenzo right now is shooting like 39 from three or something like that, which is yeah, which is unbelievable. He's he's definitely uh, stepped up his his three point shooting from from the previous years. Trying to look at his stats right now. Yeah, no, it's it's legit. Um, like th- this is a legit yeah. possibility, man. Because thirty nine, yeah, thirty nine, thirty nine from three, forty three from the field, nine points a game, three point five assists. Yeah, and you know they, all those numbers that would, jack, would jack up in in New York too. Like you, yeah. I, I just it's something about the contagious energy of these guys. Yeah. And and we saw Josh dropping 20 points, 30 points a few times here and there once he was acquired. So I'm hey, I, I just think it's it would be and Josh don't need the ball to get 30 points. No, right. Like he don't need the he don't need no plays run for him. And I feel like Dante is the same way. Like he's just uh like he's the exact version of a a role player, I guess you if you want to call him that. To, yeah. to add to this team and just have them step up on any given night. Really, I, yeah. I truly believe that. And, I mean, literally, this 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 is a legit possibility. Jake Fisher, senior NBA writer and analyst, said there's been growing noise among league personnel about DiVincenzo joining former Villanova teammates Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart in New York. So, it's it's, it's this is a legitimate possibility here. We're not just... Blowing smoke. We're not just, you know, saying, oh, how cool would this be? It is a legit circulation uh, of amongst N- NBA personnel. So I'm just sure. I'm just hoping to wake up one morning and see that on Twitter, A right. Yeah, I definitely, you know, everybody would be stoked for that one. Oh my goodness. And then you know who's next to go to New York. The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> No, are you serious? You think so? Jay Wright. Jay, Jay Wright. Wright. Nah. Jay Wright to the Knicks confirmed. Nah, nah it's, there's always going to be rumors uh, about him going to the Knicks or Sixers, but nah. But DiVincenzo, Brunson, Hart, Bridges, all in New York. That's love. Oh man, that's what that's, that's love that they get to be that close to to each other and all went to college with each other. Like I was with Boston, Randy was with Minnesota, Kyle's with Memphis. Like these yeah. these dudes just go to the corner store, they can run into each other. <laughs> it's that's love, especially in New York. In in New York City, you know they live in their life. Oh yeah, man. They got Big it. Apple, baby. Yeah. City that never sleeps. Yeah. But I like I like that. That would be great. That would be great for Villanova. That would be great for the Knicks as well, because they need shooting. I wonder oh, what they're going to do with Randall. Lots to monitor, and it's really exciting as Villanova fans because, let me tell you, I, I, I do really enjoy the NBA, but having all these former Wildcats tearing it up, really, yeah. it adds an extra element of, of interest for me especially. So it's uh, it's really been been a ton of fun to, to continue to, to watch these guys grow and and just to have uh, really put on some, some incredible shows. We talk about Sadiq's 50-burger. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we'll see what who else can can, can uh, really get us uh, get us pumped up as 
as Nova fans, and hopefully Cam Whitmore can do the same. But, but hey, Ray, last uh, episode we did that that draft for our top three all Villanova teams. Yeah, you can't you can't wait. I knew we wasn't going to end without you saying nothing. <laughs> this is a, I had to I had to, to end on this, Ray, which was uh, my team, my first team: Jalen Brunson, Randy Foy, Josh Hart, Eric Pascal, and Ed Pinkney. A Ray's first team: Kyle Lowry, Chris Ford. Kerry Kittles, Mikel Bridges, and Tim Thomas. The votes, the voters, the people, the followers, our listeners have spoken. Out of 100 votes, 64 believe OC has the better team. And 36 believe A-Ray has a better team. So I took round one at least thus far. I mean, you could, have, you could stage a miraculous comeback. But as of right now, I am in firm control of winning this First team battle, eh, Ray? Where's my uh, make Villanova great again hat? <laughs> I need a recount. <laughs> Stop the count. Stop I need the a count. recount. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, officially the vote voting doesn't end till for another, like, five, six days, but it would take a, a serious comeback, eh, Ray? So, um, Listen, I'm like these politicians, all right? I'm a, you going to do a recount? <laughs> we gonna be doing some filibustering, all kind of stuff. <laughs> all kind of stuff. That's great. It's yeah, going down. I have to do a whole redraft uh, because we <laughs> definitely got some hate over our first teams. But new teams, everything. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's funny, but, but hey, we, we we got put on the spot. We had no preparation. We were doing it live, so that we that was a ton of fun. And um, honestly, it turned out it turned out okay, right, A Ray? Yeah, it was good. I want to see with some of the fans who who would who they would pick out that list because you can't right. use you only can use one person one time, so it makes it a little tougher. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, though. You know, yeah. I mean, we can't have like the identical starting fives because that would that'd be no fun. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, hey, that was uh, that was a ton a ton of fun getting into uh, the Cam Whitworth situation, Mark Armstrong, Dante Divincenzo. We talked some hypotheticals. So yeah. just a, a real fun, fun way to spend uh, spend our night, eh, right? It was always a good time chopping it up and raining threes, man. This is this is going to be this already is so much fun. We're only on episode six, and we have a long way to go before the season already starts. Even starts, man. We up while John Rothstein is sleeping. <laughs> we up. We working. Yes. He sleeps. Yeah. We, we don't. Sleep. We don't sleep. We don't sleep. Yeah, I can't even think of a month where we'd sleep in. So we sleep maybe in, in May. But not until next year. So we're let's hope for some news. Season. Let's hope for some news next week. Yeah, it's hopefully, our... hopefully we can get Dante to the Knicks. Something. Yeah, something. Or maybe we can get a recruit. That'd be nice. We still got to dive into the, the different recruits, eh, Ray? But obviously, a lot, a lot, a lot to cover with with Cam and Mark. So that was great to go over and give everybody our uh, our takes. Oh, there was some energy behind that OC. You was like, <laughs> maybe we, maybe we get a recruit. <laughs> no, nah, come on. There's, no disrespect. There's some no disrespect. There's... There's some energy behind that. <laughs> Maybe we could. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You never know. We'll Look, see. We're not satisfied. Villanova fans, we never satisfy. Correct. We never satisfy. Humble and hungry. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. With, uh, with Alan Ray, I'm your host, Mike O'Connell. This has been the sixth edition of Rain in Threes, and we'll catch you guys next week. Holla at your boy. Enjoy your nights. Make sure y'all tune in. Rain in threes.